Hello friends and welcome to Monday's edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. I hope you had a great weekend. Unfortunately, of course, if there were indeed any faint lingering hopes of town getting into that top six, I'm afraid they were extinguished at Shrewsbury this weekend. Looked like town, Hutchie, you'll like this, looked like town we're going to tame the shrews. We've never used that before, but unfortunately... They had a sting in their tail. I'm not sure that's anatomically correct. They probably had more of a bite in their tail. Again, that's not really right, but it was a great goal from Sean Wally, Wally, whatever. Brilliant strike, and it ended 1-1. I'm Mark Heath. I'm your host. With me, just two kings today. Stuart Watson taking a little break after that long trip to Shrewsbury, and Mike Bacon still haggling over his appearance fee, so he, he won't be around maybe now until Thursday. Hopefully, we can get that cleared up in time. I'm going to start today with Roscoe, the boy Ross. The beard, the prodigy, the hairy one. The new format for game day, Ross. You've decided, listen, I only, I only host 14 podcasts. I'm only, <laughs> I'm only on video 75 times a week. I need to be in front of camera on game day. Um, so, yeah, and you duly are, and I enjoyed it. Although I also did enjoy our old friends, Mark and Mike, kicking you off screen, saying leave it to professionals. How are you? How's things? Bring us up to speed. I'm very well. Um, of course, I didn't ask you about the new format. I just did it, and then I was just waiting to see your response. And it seems you liked it, so I like there it. There we go. More, more of me, apparently. More Ross. That's what we need. Um, you were just telling us though, you had a little little mishap on the road back from uh, uh, from Shrewsbury. A, a very a classic Ross situation. <laughs> um, so, it, what is it? A four four and a half hour trip back from Shrewsbury. You return to Ross Towers, halls, halls, and realise you can't get in. Yeah, a big shout out to Liam from Crew who uh, picked me up at our offices in Itchwich about 11, 11 o'clock, something like that. Um, so props to him for coming out of his house when he didn't need to really, but he's, he's a good mate. And um, yeah, he picked me up, took me home, we have a nice little chinwag. I get to my front door and I go, something's missing here, my keys. So I had to go to Liam and said, Got to go back to my office because uh, the keys are in the pool car. Uh, I text Andy to see just to make sure, you know, where they are. And um, I just met, I just saw his message just saying "mate," and I just know what that response is because. <laughs> but yeah, standard Ross thing. Props to Liam though for um, being a, a proper soldier and uh, to dr- drive me back to the office and get the keys. And I got home safe and sound in the end. Liam deserves a knighthood. So he, yeah. he come, he's come out on his Saturday night. He's picked you up. You've been driven all the way back from Shrewsbury. Someone else has then come out to pick you up, take you home. And then you've gone, oh, mate, sorry. No, I know you want to go home and go to bed, but um, I've left my keys. It's to take me back into it, which then bring me back again now. He's, yeah. uh, he's a saint, the, the lad. Yes. Absolutely. Someone else who's a saint, obviously, and also was in the best seat in the house at Shrewsbury at the weekend <laughs> with your partner in crime. The Dr. Stuart Watson, Andy Hutch Hogan, Warren. Can you confirm, first of all, Hutchie, were those the best seats in the house at Shrewsbury? They're very good seats, right on right on halfway. Those are the kind of the kind of racing car seats that um will be installed in town's dugouts um at the end of the summer. They are very, very comfy. Mostly they you find them in a dugout and you get in a lot of trouble if you're not designated as one of the people that's trusted to sit in one of them. But we just did it anyway and it they're very, very comfortable. So uh, that should keep managers sat down during games rather than those, rather than up and jumping about. For those of you who have not seen, the boys did their um, post-game video from the best seats in the house at Shrewsbury, um, which uh, is something that fans can buy, is it, in terms of sitting in? Or I, don't know, I don't know how they designate them. They might It might be competition, might be like community sort of giving away to people. Um, 
who've done great things in the community. I, I don't know. There are multiple ways of uh, of getting into those seats, though. And uh, I think, I assume it was Roscoe, so a great picture of you two sitting there. It looked, to me, Hutchie, like um, an album cover. Uh, you know, the Doctor and the Hutch. And you could call it Best Seats in the House. That would work as an album for me. Um, some kind of Scandi rock, eclectic hip-hop fusion, something like that. What do you reckon, Hutchie? Yeah, yeah, we're musically talented. I'm, I'm sure. Of course, you we are. can both. Uh, yeah, we've never, we've never really talked about starting a band. Um, <laughs> it's not come up, but we could. There's not much more to talk about for the rest of the season, so maybe, maybe we should go on to that. Ross, Rossi's got contacts all over the music business, so something to look forward to. Um, friends, let's digress no more. It's tremendous to have you both here, um, and let's talk about Shrewsbury then. As I said, Hutchie. The first of the final five, we knew going into the game, it was pretty much impossible for town to get into the playoffs. They certainly needed to win this one. And it looked for all the world like they were going to until they didn't. Your thoughts? I'm really sorry, mate. I've, I'm not quite, I've not got anything <laughs> to, I've not got anything to say. D- Thanks for joining us. Um, we'll be back yeah, on Thursday. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it felt, we turned up at the ground and it felt like a, sort of end of end of season game we're still this was still the fifth one out from the end mm. they're safe Ipswich weren't making the playoffs and it you got to the ground and it didn't feel like there was an awful lot awful lot on the game but Ipswich were the I'd say they were the better side certainly in the first half they had lots of the ball moved it around scored a really nice goal but as we've so often discussed there was no second goal and then once again you leave yourself vulnerable to to silly things happening and they they certainly they certainly did happen in the final sort of 20 minutes or so and um mm. come away come away with a draw that highlights highlights a few deficiencies i think mm. did, did it feel like that last day of school you know when you're you're you allowed to take like games in and in my, in my day it was watch vhs videos rossi um i assume when you were at school it was it was watch dvds you're a, bit, a little bit younger. Um, did they have that? Co- they used to wheel wheel in those TVs, like, yeah, or the TVs on wheels, and yeah. the video recorder was locked in like yeah. a little metal case, and you had to unlock in case some kid pinched the video player. Yeah, and then that time. was classic, wasn't it? That was a, that was a classic end of end of term day, and also substitute teacher day when, when your teacher's ill, so you get a substitute, and they just wheel in the video and play you a video about ancient art in Rome or something. Um, I remember one time one of my mates had a, one of them watches which could control the VHS. Oh, so no. he was he was stopping and fast forwarding and ejecting the video and the substitute teacher had no idea. At the time, we thought it was hilarious. Obviously, now being a bit older and uh, maybe putting myself in said substitute teacher's shoes, I, I can appreciate that would be incredibly annoying. Mm. Some substitute teachers bring it on themselves, though. But this is digressing and I, I make no <laughs> apology for it. I've got... Yeah. Um, yeah, we had one substitute teacher who just had no control whatsoever. Like there was one, there was one day where a kid brought in a, a note saying that he had to be excused from RE because he was ill, and it mm. it wrote on the on the note which he'd clearly written himself. It just said Rodney is ill, and then it said signed, <laughs> and then he'd written on there. He just wrote Rodney's mum. That nice. was it. That was the note. And she was like, yeah, fine. So I hope you get better soon. Off you go, Rodney. And he went home for the afternoon. And yes, Amazing. I did go to a school with a kid called Rodney. <laughs> that is absolutely fantastic. Um, any other school memories while we're here before we get, before we get back? Mate, I've, got, I've got loads. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> let's get let's get back to the football. That's fine. Did you ever get um, 
did you ever get hit by teachers again i'm, I'm going back a few years now when i was <laughs> when i was when i was first at school um we had a teacher who used to throw board rubbers at you so yeah uh, again do you remember blackboards that i assume you yeah. didn't, you've never heard of these things rossi but they used to have blackboards we used to write on with chalk and if this teacher thought you weren't listening he used to throw the blackboard rubber at you and also if, if you were acting up he used to hit you with a ruler which um again wow. is probably now I- illegal um probably uh, and may explain some of my my various mental scars. <laughs> we had the uh, and, exact and same issues. things with board rubbers, mate. Exactly. Did you? Same. Ma- maths teacher, Mr. Yeah. Yip, just chucked Scary. a board rubber. Yeah, never got hit though, either by the rubber or by anything else. But yeah, if you weren't doing your equations properly. Exactly. Bang. Serious business. Rossi, did you ever get physically assaulted by a teacher? Uh, no. Uh, thankfully, I did do the and look way how around, you've turned out. Look how you've turned out. Maybe you should have been. <laughs> Maybe <yeah. laughs> you had the what? You had the opposite. Yeah, I, I hit a teacher. That's what, what? I did instead. Yeah. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. No, yeah. dear. You hit did your you? teacher. Yeah. yeah, I was an angry, angry fourteen-year-old. I had a bad temper back then. A bad temper, but I've, I've cooled since then. So I can't imagine Rossi with a bad temper. This, of course, was at the same time you were you were banging goals in for fun. Um, yeah, it, I just wanted to play was, football. I didn't care about maths and you know you, you hit, history. You hit a, you hit a teacher. Unbelievable. Well, what happens face, when you hit a I wasn't, teacher? I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't. T- there are two tools for me, but like I was probably hitting him, hit him in the leg. I've got his name now, but I was just, I was no, just angry. Let's let's not mention the yeah. teacher's name. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, what you, happened? You mentioned Mister Yip. What what happened? I didn't, I didn't hit him though. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? I was after, just angry. After... I was just not really happy with what was going on. I always, you know, I always got sent out classes and stuff because I was just naughty and I just wasn't happy for this one occasion. And I was just like, yeah, hitting him in the leg. I just punched him in the leg. Yeah. There you go. What happens anyway. when you do that? Where what what happens next for young Ross when you when that? When yeah, that um, excluded. Um, and yeah, not not to see a light day at school for a few weeks. You didn't um, see the light of day. Wow, that yeah. is they put they put you in a box. Drastic. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they do at Chowry. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Okay, well we've digressed big time there, boys. <laughs> onto physical assault, both for and against teachers. Um, shall we talk about something which was potentially a little bit of a physical assault on the pitch at Shrewsbury? See that same way. God, I'm a professional. Um, Cameron Burgess getting sent off that precipitated Shrewsbury getting back in the game when it didn't look like they they'd be able to do that. Um, Hutchie, Cameron Burgess getting himself sent off. Your thoughts, please. Um, yeah, he he had he had to get a second yellow card for that. He didn't really make contact with the goalkeeper, but that's not that's not that's not the issue really. It's studs up, kind of launched in from a fair way away. Um, is always going to bring a second yellow card. His first yellow card. I've watched it back this morning. It was a bit maybe a bit softer than I'd initially thought sort of seeing it, seeing it live, but it's, he kind of got himself in a situation we've seen Burgess get in on a few occasions, which is if he gets sort of caught pushing up to take a, Mm. take a striker and then gets rolled, he finds it hard to, to get, to get back. And there was the slightest of little tugs on the, on the, on Ryan Bowman and he's gone down very easily. But again, it's kind of the referees in the, in the um, he's put given him the decision to make. Um, so it's probably too fair, too fair yellow, 
yellow cards and ultimately that that is what gave Shrewsbury um Shrewsbury the encouragement to go and, and search an equalizer that it looked like they were never going to get really um mm. that was their only shot on target I think went in um but again 10 men one goal lead you've left yourself vulnerable vulnerable to that and um and then Sean Wally has uh, done the business yeah I mean that goal was you don't stop those, dear. That's uh, you can't really legislate for for a goal of that quality. But but clearly, only having ten men on the pitch, you, you should be able to avoid. What did you make of the Burgess thing, um, Rossi? Uh, when I saw the picture, because we got some great pictures that um, Warren took of um, him sort of kind of steaming in studs up, and you think, yeah, definite red. And then you actually you actually watch the incident, and he doesn't touch the keeper really. Um, and you could argue that maybe it's the reaction of the Shrewsbury players that end up getting him sent off. Um, I thought it was soft and I, I appreciate what people say. That's got to be a yellow card and, you know, that's the state of football. But uh, yeah, I thought that was really soft, but clearly he's given the referee a decision to make. And he's, he's since apologised. What, what did you make of the, the Burgess sending off? I was more worried that why is Cameron Burgess in their, their, their <laughs> box? Um, but of course, then watching it back, um, you know, he's just <clears> intercepting <throat> a ball and then he just carried on running because he's just, why not? Um, yeah, first, because I didn't see... My angle was very different. I had a player in my way, so I couldn't really see if he did have his studs up or he did have contact. But since watching it back, it was very soft. But unfortunately, he's already on a yellow card and the referee's probably gone. That's a bit of a dangerous tackle. He's gone in there. Mm. Um, and yeah, it changed the game completely. But it, we're seeing this a lot. It's a lot of soft, you know, tackles. That are not really tackles, are they? Just, you know, they're just going trying to win the ball. But... Yeah, I feel sorry for Karen Burgess, really, because, you know, he's come out and apologised to the fans and it did change the game. And he's been pretty solid since coming in for Edmerson. Um, unfortunately, yeah, I think if he wasn't on a yellow, maybe the referee would have, well, given another yellow card, he would have been sent off. Hmm. That's how you get sent off. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, of uh, course, his first yellow was basically tugging back Ron Bowen, weren't he? Which is unfortunately what Karen Burgess has to do when an attacker is about to go in on, on goal. But, um, yeah. Yeah, it's a very soft yellow, but it, it changed the game completely. Mm. I don't think he needs to be coming out and giving public apologies on Twitter, though. I, I, I think it's a he, he's done what he thought he needed to do, which was charge down the the goalkeeper's uh, long kick forward. And yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure these always need sort of a, a public apology on social media. Um, yeah, it's just not. I don't think it's necessary. It's it's part of the game. He's made a mistake. He's been really good since he's come into the team, and um, sadly he's going to miss a game. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure those kind of apologies are necessarily needed. It's different, isn't it? If he catches the keeper and snaps his head yeah. too, then by all means, yeah. apologise. But at the end of the day, he's had, a, he's had a small rush of blood to the head. He's he's got it slightly wrong. He's given the referee a decision to make, and it's gone against him. Um, so yeah, so they're going to be without Burgess. Um, how many is that now for just just one? Just just one game. So the game at Rotherham this weekend. Um, Hutchie, we've spoken many times on this on this particular show. You alluded to it at the start. This is a tale that is a familiar tale for town fans going back years. Really, this kind of lack of ability to to finish teams off when they're on top and end up then losing points. I think Stewie's putting his thing that it's nineteen points they've dropped this season from from winning positions. Uh, of all the things that Kieran McKenna has changed and, and brought in, why are we still getting this issue, do you think, at town? Is there a, a soft underbelly? Um, no, 
I don't think I don't think there is a soft a soft underbelly. If I'm honest, I, mm. the, the underbelly of the the Ipswich Town team is pretty pretty strong. I would say mm. in terms of Walton defence, Morsi in midfield. I thought Backinson played well at at the weekend. Um, they had some chances in this one. They didn't. They uh, Connor Chaplin missed one in the first half. The the closest they came was was Luke Leahy of of Shrewsbury deciding to kind of try and volley the ball past his own goalkeeper following the cross into the box. But um. I don't know. I don't know. On this, uh, uh, there was a long, long spell at the start of the second half where, where absolutely nothing happened. Mm. Ipswich had plenty of the ball, were never in any danger whatsoever, but didn't seem to cause an awful lot either. Um, it is hard. It's hard to put a finger on because Norwood scored a really good goal. He's had another mm-hmm. sort of nice opening where he's he's chested the ball down, but just got crowded out. But it, it, this was another game where they didn't get Wes Burns going particularly. I didn't. I didn't think he certainly contributed positively to the team, but mm. I don't think they got him going enough down the right, and that's because Shrewsbury try and look after um, Burns like so many opposition teams do at the moment. But it's hard to it's hard to put a finger on it. Um, I'm not sure that the two number tens were intent offered enough sort of on the edge of the box. They're, they're both really, it was Chaplin and, and Aluko this time, both really good on the ball. They they keep the ball nicely and, and work hard, both of them. But um, it's not operating in the real dangerous areas, it, it feels. Mm. Should we talk about the team, Hutchie? Um, clearly, a lot of the team now we, we can pretty much predict. But um, ahead of the game, we did the boot room on Friday where I always try and predict your lineup. Um, and I, I was pretty close. I must say, it's pretty close. Um, but you said, I, I had um, Thompson on the left. And you said, ah, do you know what? I'm going to put Penny in. And who would have thought it? That's exactly what happened. Mm. Um, what What did you make of, of Matt Penny? Because we've not seen him for a little while. Obviously, Thompson's been in that position a lot. Did he further his cause with his performance? Um, it was a reminder of what we've seen from Matt Penny. For me, uh, he had he's at his best when he's kind of on the front foot. Crossing, I think he's a really good crosser of the ball. Actually, he he mm. puts in some really really good good crosses, which he did. Um, and there was one in particular early on that that nearly came to something. Um, had a few more of those during the game. Um, he defended okay, well, well enough. I wouldn't say loads went down the Ipswich right, but he he has some moments where he just loses the ball in silly silly situations. Um, I'm not sure he's particularly pushed his cause in this one, but I'd like to. I'd like to see some more of him because there's definitely a player in there. Um, I think he this is his first start since January, so it's a bit unfair to mm. sort of judge him on that. But um, I'd like to see a bit more of him and more mm. from him as well. Mm. Let's talk. Let's talk other things then about the game, positive wise. Rossi, what what did you like? We we saw Norwood start again and score a really good goal. Um, give us some positives, things you liked. I like the um, the fast start. To be to be fair, you know, as we mentioned, Connor Chaplin basically had a got a, a chance he should have scored. You know, basically a point blank header to the goalie, um, and then of course Norwood scored pretty sharply after that. So we're one 0 mm. up early doors, and I thought, okay, we could be go, we could be having the hammering that we wanted under McKenna. Um, unfortunately, I think the Lino situation, um, I think, sort of killed the momentum of this game. Uh, I'm sure you're going to get into that later, but. Um, I was, very, I was very pleased with the first half performance. Definitely when it's a, a dead rubber game um, and if there's nothing to lose in this sort of game. And um, I thought a very good start and I was just 
was pleased to see Norwood on the score sheet. Hmm. Um, he hadn't scored for a while. And a headed goal as well. Someone scoring a header, which is nice to see. So, um, yeah, pretty happy with the first half performance. That was a lovely little finish from Norwood, wasn't it? Nice ball from, from JD as well. Hutchie, the, the lineman thing was uh, was bizarre, wasn't it? Um, it, it? Killing all momentum. Uh, clearly, you hadn't taken your referee's gear. Otherwise, you could have uh, <laughs> stepped out of the crowd uh, and been the fourth official. What, what an odd situation, though. Yeah, it was a bit bizarre. Sadly, the referees were wearing black. I'm not ah. sure my gr- I'm not sure my green uh, my green one would have furthered my cause too much. And I think if we're being completely honest, if someone turns up with their own referee shirt, I don't think you should be given <laughs> any, any kind of power over the game of football. Should you really? Um, it sounds like yeah. something Rodney might have done. Your old mate Rodney Rodders. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't spoken to Rodney for a long time, but um, I'm not sure he's refereeing <laughs> football matches. But um, yeah. Yeah, it was odd. It's sort of a classic of the genre, watching a referee kind of hobble. I think it was a hamstring injury for him. Yeah. You're not fit to run the line, Ch- chant, chant the fans. Very funny. Love it. It takes <laughs> ages to hobble back across the pitch. And then no one has a, had a clue what was going on as he kind of disappeared down the tunnel. You get the classic announcement. Is there anyone in the stands who's qualified referee? And uh, people put themselves forward for that. And then ultimately the fourth official ends up, um, she ends up as on the line, which is yeah. which is pretty standard. But then the bizarre thing is you ended up having almost like a dual fourth official role where the the hobbling linesman became kind of like the the referee that between the between the two boxes, like keeping the the managers apart and in their technical yeah. areas and all of that. But then they they let this guy who had gone and put all the shorts and socks on and had his sort of bright coloured trainers on that they'd clearly plucked out of the crowd, he was allowed to do the um like the substitutes board and the oh. stoppage time board and stuff. He's got a dream gig there. Living the dream. Mm. How do how do you reckon they check? I don't know. We wondered crowd. this. Do you have? Is, is there a card like exactly. like a badge? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. referee ref. club, yeah. off duty ref. Otherwise, you could have had a few ales, couldn't you, and, and just fancy mm. it? Yeah, um. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've done all the badges. Yeah, don't you worry. I'll sort this out. <laughs> I've got this. Um, other than missing your chance in uh, Hutchie to to step up and, and be a ref in this game, what, what, give us something else you liked about town. Let's let's talk about positives for a moment, shall we? Um, another Rolls Royce performance from Luke Wolfenden. Thought he was the best player on the pitch. Um, mm. Everything he does is just ice cold. He's 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 playing fantastic football at the moment. Um, really good in the air. Won some some good aerial duels. Um, which is certainly going to be something he's going to need to do at Rotherham next weekend. So you kind of see him take on Rotherham with a bit more confidence in him than maybe in other games that we've seen Luke play against Rotherham in the past. Um, he, I thought he was near foot perfect for, mm. for long spells of it. Um, very, very calm, good in the air, a proper all-round, all-round defender. Mm. Okay, then anything else to mention about the game itself before we... Move on to matters afterwards and arising from. Rossi, you got something to say? Um, you were right, Hutchie. Shrewsbury is Colchester 2.0. Um, I feel like we did a four-hour journey for nothing. We could have just played a goal game at Colchester. But um, there's a nice little, little fan zone there. A bit of a 90s rave going on. Um, so, yeah, end of season, dead rubber sort of games. Just enjoy the, the fan zone and get a burger and just yeah watch a bit of football in Colchester 2.0. I've got something. Yeah. Best pie of the season. 
Wow. What? Yep. Talk to me. Tell me all about it. Cottage pie. It was a, a cottage, little cottage. A cottage. An yeah, individual. An individual Ooh. from the... You get get your little voucher on the back of the press pass. This entitles you to a pie and a drink. Cottage pie, please. And it was it was really really nice, nice creamy mash on the top with a you know a nice crispy, crispy yeah. pe- crispy peaks on the mash. Yeah. Really nice succulent sort of steak and onion, bit of carrot in there, um, all wrapped in then a sort of a, a pastry dish. Um, nice. Yeah, best of the city. Beats Morecambe, which was very very good. Um, Morecambe get extra points for supplying you with some gravy to go with mm. it. This, yeah. this would have been great with that, but pure, if we're talking pure pie out of a little foil case, um, best pie of the season. Do you get accompaniments with it? Are you getting some veg no. on the side or is it just pie? No, no it's from the, it's from the little kiosk, which I kind okay. of, I like that. I like. I, I'm not really into kind of press rooms, and I don't spend much time sat in press rooms. I was. I was sitting my seat in the ground, and mm. I'm not really got as much as turning up at Villa Park and being presented with like a, a full sort of curry. Yeah, is, fant- is amazing. I'm not. It's not really. It's not really what I'm after. I don't really want to be sat in a press room for very long. Um, it's not my. It's not my vibe. Cottage pie at my desk, please. Was there um, a shepherd's pie alternative? No, cottage or nothing. Okay, fair enough. What's um, Rossi? Obviously, you're like a human dustbin. What, what, would you agree that that's the uh, the best food of the season? And, and and where's the worst food you've had this season? Name and shame, because I know the KA Army would want you to. I d- actually didn't take up my offer of the pie. I just no. didn't get. I didn't get around to it, and I regretted it straight away when I was seeing Hutchie eat his. Um, I've got a picture of Hutchie. I won't you have. You have got a picture. Thank you very much for that. Um, I have got it ready to load, but I think I'm going to not. No, put it. No, up. It's, it's, it's come on, fine. we've all eaten. What's nothing wrong with that? Surreptitiously eating a pie while watching the game. Pretty Watson. much. Oh, that, that's pretty much is it. Watson yeah, was disgusted much. by something there. Uh, anyway, <laughs> nice. Um, um, but yeah, so I wasn't able to, to t- test the if it's the best pie of the season. Um, I was a bit disappointed with Morecambe. To be fair, Morecambe was a bit disappointing. But yeah, was, next Morecambe, year. was Morecambe the sports pie? Was that the one that had won all the awards? Apparently. Apparently. The, the boy, it, the I boy, thought it was really good. Do you not yeah, like you, it? Right. You turned right. down the gravy option though, didn't you? And the peas, yeah, that's where you went wrong. Where's the gravy, man? Come on. Always take always take gravy. Um where's the worst boys? Peek behind the curtains time. Where, where, where's the worst food you've had this season? Well, some grounds don't offer any food, so what? I'm they're brilliant. they're downgrade downgrade yeah. straight away. Um, worst food. I don't have a problem with not being fed necessarily, but it would it would be quite nice to ha- just have a glass of water. <laughs> and uh, and some there are some there are, I can't I can't honestly remember off the top of my head, but there have been some this year where even kind of a a glass of water has been uh, has been impossible. So I can't this, think of a bad one. Not a bad one. It's the worst poor- food. Sorry, mate. Carry on. No, Carol. No, it's fine, mate. I'm just gonna. The worst, the worst food you're ever gonna get uh, if you're given anything to eat. Sort yeah. of The worst it will be is kind of a pie from the kiosk, and I'm absolutely fine with that. Absolutely fine with that. So I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna criticize any club for off- offering any food because it's all a bonus to me. Just give me a glass of water, please. 
<laughs> Fair enough. Right then, let's move on then from from pies to post game. Um, Hutchie, you spoke to Sam Morsey after the game, um, and he, I was I was taken by one of his quotes, which was, "We are still so close, but still so far away," which kind of does sum up town, doesn't it? In yep. so many ways. Um, tell us a little bit about your chat with Sam. Yeah, he um, always good value after a game. Sam Morsey, very intense. Um, He's an intense guy. I think that's that's his approach to his his job, his work, and, and to football, which is you know, absolutely fine. That's that's um that, that that's how he plays the game as well. Intense. He uh, he, but I think he was very clear in what he wanted to say after the game. And as you've just said, that was kind of the takeaway from it. And I think he he's well aware of um, how good his team can be, and that kind of adds up to really winning away at Shrewsbury. Um, in his opinion, and and they, and they didn't. Um, but he was also also saying that they're going to work kind of every every day of of what is left of this season throughout their summers in pre season and next season to make sure that this time next year they are they where where they want to be. Um, and I think I believe him. I think he I think he'll demand that from people. You see it on the pitch in games that he, he's. Mm particularly during the second half of this season, um, where I think he's sort of clicked into a different gear after Christmas and following McKenna's appointment, both in terms of his on-field play and his leadership of this squad. I think he's really got his teeth into being the captain of Ipswich Town in the last four months. Mm. Um, And I think if everybody had that kind of attitude to 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 what they what they do from this point they'll be in a much better place next year mm. there's a couple of things i want to, to put to you that other people have written hutchy um and being as we're talking about more so we might as well do this one now uh terry hunt former editor of the angdian and and star and long long time it's town fan wrote in his column that he doesn't think other than sam morsey there are there are any leaders in the in the team is that is that something you'd agree with clearly morsey is a dominant captain figure and we've had that before with luke chambers and and kind of strong leadership from from the captains, but it's often says you need new, you know, multiple captains across the pitch. Do, do you think there are leaders other than, than Morsey in the side? They're very di- yes, I do actually. Yeah. Um, in their own different, in their own different way to Morsey, there's different ways to lead, isn't there? Um, he, his Sam's is very sort of visible. Is I, I guess maybe what you might call kind of classic, yeah, classic leadership. Um, but I would. I'd chuck a few people in that in that kind of mix. Actually, I'd put I'd, I'd I would put Connor Chaplin in that in his own in his own way. I would put in their own way. I would put people like James Norwood and even Macaulay Bond in that way when they're when they're when they're playing well. Mm. Um, they kind of lead in their in their own in their own way. Wes Burns is another one I'd probably put in that. Like, in so this is kind of leading by example, sort of leadership. Yeah, yeah, post, yeah, but, yeah, but not just that. Not just not just that. Connor Chaplin, I think, is um I think you can see from from kind of the, the off pitch roles that the club have given Connor Chaplin in terms of he's a trustee of the club's community trust. Like that's mm. that requires a level of kind of leadership, doesn't it? With you're not just picking anyone out of a mm. anyone who puts their hand up to do it out of a out of a squad. I think you 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 pick someone who you feel who you feel can kind of can lead and and demonstrate. And I don't think you do have to have a team of leaders. Maybe, 
I, I think George Edmondson is growing into being a, a leader as well. I, he's he's a young man who's not been given sort of that. He's not had that role previously. Like he was obviously at Rangers and like to, he was on the fringes of things at Rangers. He's not going to be a a leader there. But I would I would describe George as someone who could be a real a real leader. Um, mm. I think Christian Walton is a leader amongst the defence in in yeah. terms of I think he's a good communicator. I think he leads by again probably by example, but in in the way that he is able to sort of dominate his penalty area mm. and make it make it safe. So I'd, I would actually, while I I would accept that there aren't sort of five or six Sam Morsi type figures in this side, I would mm. I would disagree with it lacking leadership. Um, mm. I would quite strongly, actually. I think there are certain areas of the team where you, you can't have 11 leaders, otherwise you're going to be into all kinds of trouble. But um, I think I'd probably, I'd probably disagree with that, actually. Fair play. There's definitely something there with Walton, isn't there? This kind of calm, authoritative... Yeah. Um, figure uh, at the back, which is great. Rossi, I want to put something else to you. Um, being as it kind of featured on game day, um, Stewie in his in his observations from the game said that Town, in his opinion, spent too much time trying to score the perfect goal. A bit like the old IT crowd um, episode, one of the best comedy episodes of all time. Are we not men? Uh, where the classic problem with Arsenal is always try and walk it in. Um, when when uh, what's his name Moss is trying to be a man and fit in with men um and also on on game day uh i think it was mike said referencing the shrewsbury goal why don't we score goals like that why don't we take shots like that um so is there something in that if town town clearly play very nice football little you know diagonals and triangles and and lovely little passing movements uh, and the goal they scored was nice but given that town are struggling to score goals are, are they are they guilty of maybe of not having the odd pot shot are they trying to score the perfect goal too much before I get into that I want to give a shout out to Mike because we uh, we bumped into him in the services on the way back to Shrewsbury he's having, a, having a cheeky KFC other restaurants are available of course um, <laughs> it's always good to see Mike I think that puts a big smile on our faces if we bump into him anywhere but um, but no I think he is right because we haven't scored many screamers have we this year and that was just you know Dominic Thompson I think he won the ball headed it but yeah, headed yeah. it into Wally and then he what an absolute belter of a goal that was. A goal mm. out of nothing. And I don't think we score goals out of nothing, really. Um, and I do feel like there's times where I'm like, why aren't you taking a shot there? You just keep walking it in. We're getting good positions. We're getting, you know, the final third very well. But mm. then we just don't do anything with it. We then just lose the ball. And then there we go. That chance is gone. Um, which is, is just is a shame because we play some great football. But then I feel like we're not going anywhere with it. And... Mm. I just want to see someone just take a shot. If they feel like it's an opportunity, just go for it. Don't just like go sideways or go out and try to see if we can cross the ball and then cross it in. Just go for a shot if you can. Don't you know? Just do out. You know, don't just do a pointless shot if you haven't got a shot on you. But there's just a few players I just wish would just take a chance and just take a shot and test the goalkeeper a little bit because I just feel like we don't test the goalkeepers enough. Mm. They've got players that can do it. Yeah. Um. Like the last the last three Ipswich goals have all been. The one that we've been talking about here, kind of a right. I think I'm right in saying all three of the last three have been like a right-sided cross pulled back into the box and and put in one way or another. Um, but they have they have got players who can who can score those goals. Like Bursan Salina is the obvious one. He's probably the only player in the team that would have tried what Sean Wally did. Mm. Um, but Connor Chaplin scored some goals out of nothing from kind of 
balls that break down on the edge of the box. Wes Burns went through a spell of of scoring a lot of goals by taking up kind of a position to the right of the penalty area and ramming it ramming it home with power. Um, so I don't know for whatever reason they're not getting in those positions to do that. They they are they are capable of of scoring goals like that. Tyreek Backinson started shooting a little bit, mm. um, but. But yeah, for whatever reason, the last month or so, it, it does seem like it does feel like there's an attempt to kind of it's either one way or nothing. We spoke last week, didn't we, about if you stop Town's right side, mm. you you can you can kind of stop them in their tracks, and and I guess that the way that they've scored their their goals of late kind of speaks to that, doesn't it? Mm. You miss friends, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Michael Jordan told us that, and he took a lot of shots. So uh, maybe a lesson there for town. Uh, right then, friends, That's let's draw a line on the Shrewsbury, shall we? And let's move on. Ipswich Town, I'm afraid, friends, the season, as Roscoe said back in December, is dead. There's a proverbial dodo. Have you messaged Morsey back, by the way, Rossi, and said, told you so? Apologise, please. Don't think that's probably the right thing to do. To be honest. <laughs> I think that will kill yeah. any relationship yeah. between the captain okay. of the football club and uh, us. Maybe um, I maintain that 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 it wasn't dead in December, though. As much as you you have, you, of course, you've ended up being right here. Um, I don't think we can talk about January, February, and March as being dead for Ipswich. There's been some yeah. life in the season, hasn't there? Yeah, I think so. It was more just like I just I felt ah. Oh, Bloody hell! Here go town again. Another League One season where it's gonna we're gonna finish ninth, and I think at that point I just put out there that season's dead. But of course, mm. I had a little bit of hope in there. It's like realistically, Ross, there's a lot of games still to be played for. New manager come in, players will come back. But um, but no, the season is dead now. So there we go. <laughs> I love that little insight into that you're kind of in a in a monologue. Realistically, Ross, there's there's lots of games left to play. Come on, mate. No, no, the season's dead. Anyway, <laughs> you, you you proved to be right, Roster Dramas, um, as we once called you because of your knack for predicting results. It's a long so, game. It's a long game, exactly. Um, Do you want to know what percentage chance they have got of making the playoffs with four wins from here? Uh, yeah. Can I guess? Yeah, have a guess. Not point five. No, much, much, much more than that. Really? Five Eight times more than that. Four percent. Four percent. Four so wins. They... Hold. So there's there's twelve points left to play for. They're eight yep. points off. Yep. And there's if a they 4% get all chance. of them. There's a four. If they win all four, there's a four percent chance of finishing sixth. Well, so you're saying there is a chance. Um... <laughs> uh yeah, there is a chance. It's it's a uh, very very slim though. Very very slim chance. Anyway, what I was what I wanted to do, friends, is because obviously now there's a danger, and it started to feel like that at the, at the weekend. We talked about it, the um, the end of term, dead rubber kind of feel. Get let's give the KOA Army some things to look for in these last four games. Some things to cling on to. Um, <laughs> Hutch, I'm going to come to you first of all. Um, what what can we give people to to cling on to and look for in, in in any of these final four games? I just want to see them. I want to see them go for every game. I want. I want yeah. to. I want to see them on the front foot. I want to see them playing the way they want to play next season. And I want to see. I want to see them trying to win. Um, that's what I want to see. Um, I want to see them go to Rotherham and give them Rotherham schooled completely schooled Ipswich. I think it was yeah. October when they played. Um, they played at Portman Road and. They had Ipswich at arm's length for the whole game. Go and go and show us at Rotherham actually that that things have changed a little bit. That I know Rotherham are faltering at the moment, but they are kind of a, 
a League One blueprint of 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 how to do this. They're they're up and down. They come down. They're immediately favourites to go back up again, and they're right in the mix. They're having a tough time at the moment, which means maybe they're there for the taking, um, more so than they might have been in previous games. But but go on, Ipswich, go there and go there and show us that that things have changed since October. Um, mm. Give them a really really good game and show that mm. you can be that kind of team. Same with Wigan. Wigan are going to go up as champions. Give them a really, really good game at Portman Road. I'll, I'll always remember going back to, I think it was probably 2003, Ipswich played Portsmouth at Portman Road um, and Portsmouth were going up as champions. Ipswich were desperately trying to reach the top six. They didn't in the end. They were closer than they were now. Mm. Um, but Ipswich beat them 3-0. They schooled them. They, Pablo Cunhago, I can remember, scored one really, really good goal where he lashed it into, he twisted and turned as, as only he could and lashed it into the roof. And they had a massive crowd at Portman Road, really sunny afternoon. Um, and they won 3-0 and beat the champions. And, and, and that kind of gave you a feeling that, you know what, this team's going somewhere. So mm. I want to see that. I know Wigan's on a Tuesday night now. There'll be no sunny afternoon, but go there and go there and go there and do that in those two games. Show us what you're made of. In terms of building momentum, they, they can't be much better than opportunities in that, can they? In terms yeah, of beating, of course beating, not. Especially, especially Wigan, the champions elect. Put them to the sword. Show what you, you're truly capable of. Rossi, what are you looking for over the last the last four games, other than obviously good performances and wins? Is there anything specific we can say? Uh, two things. Yep. Of course, killing games off if we are 1-0 up and get the second goal. Um, of course, it'll be a different story against Rotherham Wigan if we do get in that position, then try to do that. Mm. And of course... The typical thing, score from a set piece or at yeah. least <laughs> create a good set piece play because that was the running joke on the weekend, the chant, we're going to score from a corner, the fans chanted. Um, so just at some point, just score a corner. What is what is the problem with the set pieces? Why can't I mean, it's, it's a fairly basic part of football, set pieces, and it's something you can work on at the training ground. So why aren't we, why aren't we seeing town posing any threat at all? We're just not beating the first man most of the time. Yeah, I think I think it. I I don't know how good. Th- I don't obviously like you look at Danassian and Wolfenden. They don't have a track record of scoring bucket mm. loads of goals from set pieces. Um, you'd think that Burgess could do that, and you would hope that Edmondson could too. But I don't think they've got the delivery right. I think that I think Ross is right. Just you don't really know, <laughs> like, and it's puzzling really. I, I don't. I. Clearly, my my ability to take a corner at professional football level isn't isn't going to be great. But these footballers are inc- incredibly talented. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Why can't Bur Salina take a brilliant corner? Don't know the answer to that question. You think you know the whole thing about McKenna? No stone left unturned, marginal gains, all that sort of stuff. You'd think they'd be all over that on the training ground. Maybe they are, and it just doesn't. Mm. Doesn't come off in, in match day scenarios. Um, Hutchie, we've we've talked about players um, over the last few games that we might like to see. Uh, Tariq Backinson is someone you've mentioned a few times on here, wanting to have a good look at him. Uh, and it sounds to me like he, he played well again at the weekend. Are you leaning now towards keeping Tariq for yeah. another a season? Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, yeah, I think I've I think I've made it. I think I've made it to that to that point. Um, I still. I'd still be quite happy with with Ipswich going into the start, assuming they're playing this system going into the next season with Morsi and Evans as the two. Yeah. Um, but I think I've seen enough from from Backinson. I think um, with the right management and coaching and the right focus, which he seems to seems to be getting here, um, 
as a midfield option, I think he could be. I think he could be a good one. Where that leaves Raheem Harper, I don't know because um, they're quite similar in their games. Um, but yeah, I'm. I've quite enjoyed Backinson's how he's grown into it. And I think mm. I think alone um, a full time move here could be uh, could be good for him. Are there any other players over the last few games that you're yet to make a decision on? Hutchie will do a proper the big out of contract loan player discussion at some point podcast like we did last season, the old thumbs up, thumbs down, all that sort of stuff. But are there any other players that you're thinking have an opportunity to change your mind in the last four games? Uh yeah, well, yeah, well if we some I've seen a lot of the other ones play football mm. for a for a number of years now. And I, I kind of know my my thoughts on a lot of them, if I'm honest, they're probably the only one would be Dominic Thompson, who I quite like as a as a left back. But in this system, it, Ipswich need a bit more, and um, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about him just just yet. But no, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm not kind of watching these games with with players kind of desperately looking for something from them. If that makes mm-hmm. it not not this makes it sound like it's my decision. Just to be clear, it's not. Um, that... I don't... <laughs> just to be very, very clear. We don't have a say in this, but yeah, um... we don't. But yeah, we don't. We don't get consulted. Otherwise, any player over the age of thirty would be straight out of the club. No chance of Aluko getting another deal um, from Rossi. <laughs> Rossi one, one of the things we might see, and I'll ask your opinion on this. Given now that Burgess is going to miss the game at Rotherham, Edmondson is still injured, as far as we're aware. I can't imagine he's going to suddenly reappear. One of the things we might see then is a potential for Elkham Baggett to play at Rotherham, which is a big game to throw a young man into. Is that something you'd do? Or would you, the other obvious thing they could do is put Thompson back there and have Penny ahead of him. How would you approach that? Yeah, it's an interesting one really, because yeah, Baggett has been travelling with the with the squad the last few weeks. He did a massive, you know, warm, warm up, you know, prior to the Shrewsbury game. Um, but it is a big game against Rotherham where... Do you chuck him in for his league debut? Because he's not made his league debut as he played the Papa John Trophy game or whatever. Um, I think go for it. There's no one really else. You know, you could probably maybe put Backerson back there. He has played centre-back before. Dominic Thompson, probably not not for me at centre-back, to be honest. Um, he hasn't got the height for it, has he? Um, I thought Penny had a decent game, actually. I sort of don't really don't think he's that great, but I think he had an OK game on Saturday. Mm. Um but yeah, I, I would just give him a chance. You know, got nothing to lose. I'll try my best not to call him Baguette. That's what I've said <laughs> a few times. So Baguette is his name. Um, but yeah, give him a try. Hutchie, we, we've spoken about this. You said you wouldn't be one for, for too much experiment. And Kieran McKenna said basically the same thing in the press. But now they're in a situation where realistically they, they could do that. That's a, that is a, an option for them to, to put Baguette in for this game. How, how would you approach that? Yeah, this this wouldn't be experimenting. He, he He's the next man up. In, yeah. in in centre half terms. So if you're if 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 you're Kieran McKenna and you're you've been impressed with him enough to kind of put him on benches, mm. I'd say probably go for it. Um Thompson I think Thompson could play that role as well. Um but I'd probably just go why not give him give him a game? He's actually he actually plays in the middle of the back three in the under twenty threes. Mm. He plays the Wolfenden role. Um, rather than the Burgess sort of left side of role, but he is left footed and uh, that might be a, a way of sort of getting him into the side. So why why not? 
Yeah, he's not gone on international duty, has he? Um, because they need him as cover. So it would seem that if you're going to, yeah, throw I think him... I think that's a big thing for I think that's a big thing for him. Obviously, Indonesia is really is really important to him. Of course, yeah. it is in international football, but I think he's missed out on games earlier in in seasons by international breaks are that they time the Papa John's Trophy right clearly to be played in international breaks because it gives clubs fixtures. Mm. Who and those clubs generally don't have players away on international duty, but he's been with Indonesia, which is absolutely fine. He, he wants to play international football, of course he does, but I think he's missed out on town games that he might have got a game in as a result. Mm. And we've seen it with um, with Selena this season, kind of not taking international call ups in order to sort of prioritise club club football. Um, and at some at some point, I think he might need to make that decision himself for for certain. For certainly for kind of youth youth Indonesia games that that actually breaking through at Ipswich um, maybe needs to be the top priority. But for everything I've seen, I saw him play for the 23s on Tuesday and he looked he looked fine. He looked calm, mm. composed. Um, had some moments where he kind of dug the team out of trouble. Um, he moves well, so why why not? Could be interesting, isn't it, in the summer? Because you've got Bagger who's been in and around the first team, playing very well for the under 23s, and also. Of course, you've got Corey and Darba coming back, who's, who's by all accounts been doing really well at, at Salford. Mm. And then you've got already this established blue wall kind of back line. Um, yeah. And in, an embarrassment of riches <laughs> at the back, Hutchie. Yeah, I'm kind of half... This is uh, this is news for you, Mark. I'm currently halfway through writing something about Corey and Darba. Um, this is one of our planning meetings, which we probably should have had before. Let's do, let's do it on air. Before this. But yeah, I've, I've I'm kind of started writing something about Darba this morning, about about his town sort of journey and how he's got to this point where this will, he, he'll come back. He'll have a, had a good season at Salford. He might even the, even have got them promoted by this point. They're right in the mix because of a 13 game unbeaten run, but he'll be coming back for, a, this will be his fourth summer trying to crack the Ipswich town first team. He's still not made a, lo, um, a, a league appearance for the club, wow. which, which is remarkable. Um, He's probably coming back in the most difficult summer to to crack the first team, given the spending power of the club and and, and things like that. But he's also going to come back the best equipped he's ever been mm. um, to make that jump. So um, yeah, he's those two, the two of them, um, make me think that you don't need to do anything else in terms of no. in terms of centre backs. You've got four that you're happy with. Um, Burgess Edmondson, Donassian Wolfenden, obviously, and then these two. Um, the only thing is that you've then got three left-footed centre backs, which is which is a lot. Um, but I think for one of Andaba and Baggett, possibly even both of them, there's a real chance here. So mm. yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can both do over the summer and Baggett in the next couple of weeks potentially. And just by way of rounding off this chat, Rossi um, Macaulay Bond, your boy not scored a goal in 17 years or whatever it is. Um, Norwood started the last, was it three games he started now? Um, how do you feel about McCauley Bond and Town? Clearly at one point it looked like a, a no-brainer. They would try and bring him here permanently. Um, is there anything that he can do over these last few games that would change your mind? Has your mind already been made up? How do you feel about him? Oh, wow, he, he couldn't really do much when he came off the bench for this game. I think he played the final seven minutes or so, mm. plus out of time. Um, so he can't really do much in a game where I felt it, that was it, really. The game was sort of 
dead and done really it was 1-1 I think no, no either side really didn't get didn't take the game to to each other um I think a lot of town fans I think would love the the story of him actually then signing permanently I think there's some fans who would still like that because of mm. the, the story and him signing permanently and you know hopefully he can be one of our main strikers next season but I think a lot of town fans also now get to a point where like maybe he's not actually that good enough maybe it's just that amazing start he had was just the dream come true boyhood you know fan of the club mm. chantry boy amazing start of course at that point we were just scoring loads of goals of course conceding goals and dropping points um that sort of mastered a little bit is because he was scoring goals but also we were dropping points and not doing that well in the league but yeah the last 20 games or so under McKenna he hasn't he scored one goal was it the Gillingham game Gillingham, um yeah. But then a lot of our players, you know, haven't been scoring goals. So really, you know, you can't really blame McCauley too much because we've not scored, we've scored 17 goals, I think, in 17 games, last couple of games. You know, we scored four against Gillingham and then, you know, we haven't scored many at all. But uh, I'm very much in the camp where wait and see, but he's got to do a lot in the next five games to really prove that he can be the man to score us goals. But um, I think... The forward line is going to be it's going to be completely changed in the summer. Mm. I feel, um, but yeah, it's just a shame how it sort of turned out for McCoy the last few games because, yeah, he's not done very well. Mm. Um, we'll do like I say, we'll do a proper pod themed around what to do in the off season and what we do with the players, loans, out of contracts, all that sort of stuff. At some point, anything else to mention, Hutchie, in terms of this last four games that you? No, not really. Uh, my... Yeah, my my to do list is quite simple. Just just get on the pitch and and impress. It's not not too much nuance there. <laughs> just win, baby. The old yep. Al Davis saying. Um, right then, uh, one more thing to discuss on this week's pod, and that unfortunately Rossi is another Ipswich Town team failing um, to to get to go up. I'm right, aren't I? It sounds to me like the, the Ipswich Town ladies, having looked so promising this season, all those games in hand that Southampton have got have come back to bite them. Um, and yesterday, they they got a point. But it looks, again, like the women's season's over as well, doesn't it? Yeah, unfortunately. Um, you know, still, it's never say never at the moment. But realistically, Southampton are not going to drop points against the team they're going to play. So, um, unfortunately, yeah. Basically, last weekend was the same as the men's, really. Both teams... Their season was pretty much over. Um, a chance to get in the playoffs, a chance to win the league was pretty much over. And this weekend, unfortunately, put the final nail in the coffin. Really, um, playing against a team, Chester and Selsey, who are who actually are now relegated from Tier Three, um, and they they took the lead surprisingly. And then from there, just like the men, we just we're not clinical enough. We didn't take our chances. Um, and it was just a very bad afternoon at the Gold Star, which is very rare because. Normally, when I come on the podcast, I go, yeah, never win. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. But um, unfortunately, the last few games has been a bit disappointing. And, you know, this team hasn't been in this position for forever, really, because they're, they're used to winning. They're used to dominating games. They dominated this game, but just weren't good enough to get all three points. And it's a disappointing end to a, a fantastic season. But a lot of positives because their first season in Tier 3, they mm. will finish in the top three. And they had that amazing cut run, so they're all, they're proud of their achievements. But a disappointing end to a good season. Yeah, so it looks like they're going to finish second, doesn't it? But but in 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 the league, there's no kind of playoff system. It's literally just the the, the team that win the league then play off against the 
the team in the northern section, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and whoever wins that gets promoted. Is that how it works? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a rubbish system, really, but it's just how it sort of fell together, really. Hopefully, in the long run, they'll change that. But, yeah, you can win the title, celebrations, and then, oh, got to play the northern section, and then you can lose that game, and then, oh, got to do the whole season again next year and try to win the title again. And then, yeah, it's a rubbish system, and hopefully it gets changed. Yeah, but a lot, of, like you say, a lot a lot to be positive about. Um, I assume there'll be a Tractor Girls talk, will there? This there week, have you got have you got any confirmed guests at this stage other than, than Blue, obviously your co-host? Um, yeah, just Blue at the moment. I think we have got someone down, but I won't say it just just in case it you know you know you know what Not happens confirmed. with guests sometimes. But uh, but uh, Blue jokingly said to me, "I'm off this week. Don't want to talk about that rubbish." Um, <laughs> yeah, it will be a good podcast because it'd be a chance for us to maybe go in a bit deep in terms of like what went wrong in the last few games and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, tune in if you fancy it. Okay, uh, we're coming up to an hour now, chaps, which is always a, a good time for a podcast. Is there anything else you want to mention, Hutchie? Yeah, how do we go on with the million pound picks? What's what's the, what's the state of play with the pot? Um, I can't I remember what the bet was now. I can't remember, mate. I can't remember. <laughs> you don't care do you, anymore. You... No, no, I've had I've had my pot sullied by Watson too many times, mm. and I, I, it's become a farce. Just stick it all on Ukraine to win the win, win Eurovision, and we'll see where we're at. That is it. That is a as close to a sure thing as, as you can get. I'd imagine. It's even money. Know. It was anyway. Is so. it? It was. So yeah. Wow. Okay. It was. Fantastic. It definitely was. I haven't checked for a while, but um, if you are if you are a gambler and you shouldn't be, then, uh, then that's, <laughs> as this feature has uh, proved. Yeah, absolutely not. What a joke. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, that was quite good odds on that. To be fair. Anything else to mention, Rossi? Uh, just happy birthday to good old Matty Holland, who um, turned Suffolk today. I think he's in his 40s now, but um, he doesn't look 40, does he? He still looks like he did in his prime. Hey, he's nearly 50. He's 48. 48? Yeah. What a player. Love yeah. watching Matt Holland. He looks like he can still do a job, though, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. really does. He keeps The lad keeps himself in shape. Um, oh, I'm not sure if I've ever mentioned on here, but there was once... Going back a few years, when I made this observation in in conference about his his youthfulness and lack of aging, that um, a suggestion was that we call him up and ask him if he was a vampire. That was did a, you make that call. A, I did not make that call. No, <laughs> I definitely I did not make that call. I don't. I don't think he is a vampire. No, I mean that um, would be. Don't get me wrong. That would be quite an exclusive if he if he did. Uh, be great. The story of your career. <laughs> actually mark interesting that you've asked nobody's nobody's asked me yeah. this over my 20-year football career but yeah yeah i am actually at night no <laughs> i am actually 750 um yeah and i don't don't get too close to me with that lovely smelling neck uh anyway um that, that, that seems a good a good place to end this week uh friends remember to support our sponsors manscaped use the code carry at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery uh, on all the excellent copper on that on that site there's lots of good stuff on there get yourself stuck in and also support us in terms of social media follow us across all social media kings of anger on youtube instagram twitter and facebook and leave us a five-star review on itunes that helps other people discover us in the charts which is great friends um, no midweek games to look forward to only four games left but hopefully we've had the chat there there are some things still to enjoy and look into in these last four games have a great start to the week and we'll be back later this week to discuss more Ipswich Town content. Have a good one. Cheers. Bye.
crime to football, Brexit to Coatesville. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.